Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Twins Take. It's Advent! Advent Edition. Episode 23. <laughs> it's an Advent Edition? Nope. But I was going to say it's Christmas and then I knew you were going to yell at me, so I changed it to Advent at the last minute. I wasn't going to yell at you. I want to be very clear. If I yelled, that would blow out the microphones, so there's no point in yelling. And wake up our child. But... And that would wake up our child. Episode, sorry, 23? It is episode 23. Yep. Michael Jordan's number, LeBron James's number, a prime number. What else do we know about 23? That's about it. Welcome to the episode. It's a classic episode today. Highs, lows, and takes, or in the order that we will actually do it, lows, highs, and takes. Because it feels like to start high and then go low is not a good trajectory. Choose the high road. I think I'm up first this time, right? Great. Didn't you lead last week? I really can't remember. I was going to say I was going to lead, but oh, if well, you're ready, let's go for it. Uh, okay. Here's my low for the week. It was more like an almost low, but it was still a low. This is what I call the Friday feature. Because Friday, of course, is the day that I watch Oliver all day. And, you know, I am still just trying to work this thing out and how to do it well. In such a way that doesn't breed resentment for him or me or Rachel or anyone. But the afternoon came. He had taken a short nap, I believe, around lunchtime. And then I was just all thinking, Oliver, please help me out. Have a long afternoon nap. And so he'd been asleep I don't know maybe 45 minutes I was reading emails in our chair and my eyes were literally closing so I realized oh my goodness I'm so tired but Oliver is asleep right now so wouldn't it be nice if I also just shut my eyes just for 20 minutes I looked at the baby monitor sure enough he is he is very much asleep I think he's gonna sleep longer than just an hour so I, I dare not go into our room where I could sleep in the bed in fact, I dared not even go into the guest room where I could have slept in a bed. I just laid down on a couch and I set my alarm. I put my phone down and I kid you not, listener, no sooner do I put my phone down than I hear. I, I swear sometimes he knows. He has a sixth sense about these things. <laughs> no, he definitely does. I just thought this is unbelievable. <laughs> I think I texted Rachel at one point. He's waking up. It was bound to happen. And just like, fate is allied against me. Just try to, you know, put him back down or let him cry it out. We've been doing that a little bit for naps. And sometimes he'll put himself back to sleep. I'd already tried that for 20 minutes at the noon nap. So now he is very despondent. I was feeling pretty I'm despondent. I'm never going to get him back down. And in the midst of this, I have our title company for buying this house that we mentioned, I think, last time, calling, trying to set up a notary appointment. And my son's screaming in the other room. I'm thinking, I don't even know all that this means, but sure, come to my apartment, I guess, tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'll sign papers, whatever sign you papers. ask. <laughs> Great. It was very overwhelming in that moment. But then the miracle of it, and this is why it's an almost low in the Friday feature this week is he actually did go back to sleep. But at that point, I was too awake because now I've had to line up a notary, so I did not get my nap. But Oliver went back to sleep. Brutal. 
One of my favorite lines from this week, Oliver has mostly been sleeping better, (laughs) but one night, particularly this week, he did not sleep super well and kept kind of waking up. And at some point, Matt just goes, (laughs) wakes up, good grief, man. (laughs) And has no recollection of saying this in the middle of the night, but it gave me a good chuckle that he was just so like, why? Why, Oliver? Why? Oh. But we love him. We do love him. Keeps us tired and on our toes. Yeah, that's tired and on our toes. Both very true. Rachel, what was your low this week? My low was just realizing that Oliver is a very picky baby when it comes to his toys that he likes. I don't know how much of it is he's maybe starting to do a little teething. And so when he starts to put something in his mouth, he wants it to be in the exact spot that's hurting his gum or whatever. It's an interesting theory. But he's kind of been like this since he was born. That There are certain toys that he just gets really frustrated with. And by certain, I mean most toys. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every toy. Almost every toy. Two if exceptions you, I can think of. Bart, which is a stuffed crocheted animal and keith and keith which is a stuffed crocheted koala (laughs) (laughs) which both have very similar arms that he can fit very far into his mouth (laughs) basically joking himself which sometimes he does gag himself but any other toy i hand him we have a decent variety of teething things and rings or you know sticky things that are supposed to help him and if i give it to him right after a nap especially I just, the next hour before he goes to bed is a disaster. He's so annoyed and that one interaction of not getting the toy the way he wants it, he's done. And so I've just stopped giving him the toys (laughs) because he just drives himself crazy and thereby me crazy. And even we had some friends who lent us this chair thing and he'll like it for a little bit and then he hates it and then he starts screaming and it's the whole thing. So he is just very finicky. And the things that he likes work really well, which is great. I mean, most of the time he is pretty chill, but I've learned to just stop giving him most things. (laughs) So he's getting zero stimulation, folks. Don't worry. (laughs) No, that's not true. It's just very specific stimulation. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe listeners have suggestions about baby toys that work for babies who don't like a lot of toys but what and to be clear yeah what annoys him it seems to be when he tries to put it in his mouth and and it doesn't it doesn't fit or isn't easy to do that or something like that so yeah if any listener does have top toy tips bring them on feels like that's another segment one day maybe top toy tips yeah because we were even looking for a christmas gift for him and we were looking at all these cool fancy teethers and it was like no he he will hate them all it's true we did have that conversation. <laughs> so that's my low this week. Yeah, that's fair. He is He's picky. All right, my high, and this is recency bias, admittedly. I'm bad at taking notes throughout the week. Rachel is very good at this. So my high is usually the most recent good thing I can think of. But we took a lovely walk today. We, we did. Went out. The weather here in Northern California is just beautiful. It's early December, but still like. 50 something today yeah high 50s low 60s i strapped him onto his little baby carrier which in the past we've tried to do that just him and me and that has not gone well he started kind of straining against it and then the whole walk was miserable but i think with mom there for him to kind of look at and be distracted it was really pleasant we went out and 
you and I had a chance to talk and he was mostly pretty calm and yeah, it was just a nice little like, oh, look at us. Well, family outside. What's more, which is a rare occasion (laughs) in this house. (laughs) Okay. For the record, I'm sure I've said this before. I like the outdoors. I aspire to be more outdoorsy, more outdoors oriented. I just really, I have to work at that love. And so today was a good step on that journey. Today was, yeah, sure. Into the business part complex. It was was a well-paved step (laughs) into the journey, into the unknown. Oh, yeah. It was a nice walk. Simple, recent, but I enjoyed it a lot. The small thing sometimes. Yep. What was your high? My high was realizing just how far we've come this year. And there was a, this was tied to a specific moment, so don't give me that look. In my counseling appointment this week, my counselor was just trying to get me to say, like, hey, you're doing good. You've done good things. You've done amazing things this year in terms of parenting a child, birthing a child. And it just – and she, like, peer pressured me and just stared me down into actually saying those words, like, I'm doing a good job, which is not – comfortable for me on any level but I said it and it really did help I think in just recognizing how yeah and I don't I don't say this like arrogantly because I do admit this these are hard things for me to say but just like yeah wow we're doing it we've done it we've kept him alive we've he's doing well I was pregnant for six months of this year which is Mm -hmm. just insane because wow this has felt like the longest and shortest year of our lives (laughs) and it's that's crazy that I was still pregnant six months and then I birthed a child which I never thought I would be able to do and now he's five months old and I'm proud of that and we certainly haven't done it alone and we have had many failures and we've done it more alone than we anticipated we've done it more alone than we anticipated or wanted but we're making it happen and yeah, we still have lots of failures along the way, but I think there's still something to be proud of coming this far and recognizing that, wow, it's really been a year. <laughs> well, that's kind of like a take for the whole year. That's a 2020 take right I there. know, I know. But Didn't I just... even save it for the final week of the year, just <laughs> diving right in. Yeah, I just don't think I put together how, like, wow, what a, what a thing it is to have made it this far and... He's almost been alive as long as he was inside me of this year, at least. And yeah, a year ago was Christmas and I was still my first trimester and all that. And wow, what a year it's been. Yeah, it has been. Well done, Rachel. You too. You've done good. You too. Now you say it. Say, I've done good. No, I already did this once this week. (laughs) Do it again. Do it right now for the podcast listeners. Come on. This is very significant to say I'm doing a good job. Go ahead. Uh, I'm doing a good job. Yay! That's so Sometimes. good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. We'll move on to takes. <laughs> I'm proud of you for doing that, actually. Thanks. All right. Here's my take. One time I saw an animated version of this that took uh, fast, cheap, and quality And it was talking about products. You can't have all three. You can only ever have two out of three. So it can be fast and high quality, but it can't be cheap then. 
or it can be cheap and fast, but it's not going to be quality or it can be cheap and quality, but it's not going to be fast. And so basically I saw an animated version of this where you would play with the sliders and when you moved all three, one would go down and it was impossible. They would never all be kind of all on the maxed value. Okay. Here's, that's just setting the platform for the analogy, obviously. Yeah, this is very interesting in terms of a take. Okay. Yeah, here's my take. The balance between work, family, and one's personal life is like that. Except I'm increasingly convinced that you can only have one of them working at a time. <laughs> How sad. <laughs> I don't know that that's actually true, but that is how it has felt lately. First of all, just to get one humming would be a real win. <laughs> but to, to have more than one going at a time is so hard. We've talked about balance before, and so this isn't new to the podcast. But I did think that that analogy in my mind, for some reason I heard someone mention it the other day. I was like, that is what it is like if you're gonna because kind of every area requires sacrifice of the others so for you to invest and kind of get things really in a place that feels healthy in one often means you're detracting from the other so the formula that i'm trying to work out is how in the world you actually balance these things out and i think balance is probably actually the wrong word and the wrong concept for how you do it and it's more seasonal and it's more about doing things wholeheartedly than in balance but well, there's your answer. Oh, I know, but that's also exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I also, as I said earlier this week, I don't think you give yourself enough credit either. Your bar for saying that something is humming along is so much higher than most people's, which is also what my counselor said this week. She's like, your 75% is most people's like 100%. So, because your <laughs> struggle with perfectionism and you this is very true for you. This is what I really like. Rachel can get the counseling and I basically get the counseling via Rachel. I don't mean that facetiously in the sense that she's counseling me, but just all the advice that because I think we're quite similar in our type A personality, all the advice you receive, I'm like, yeah, I I can see how that might apply to me too. So, So you need to say I'm doing a good job. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. Now we're definitely going to make you say <laughs> I'm doing, on this I'm doing podcast. a great job. I'm doing the best job anyone's ever seen at all these things. Well, now you're just being facetious <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. That is two uses of the word facetious in this episode. Did which you maybe say marks it? a record. Yep. Oh, great. I think I just said it. Okay, now you say it. I'm doing a good job. Thank you. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's the first time I've lied on this podcast. Oh, stop. <laughs> Note for the listeners, you will see over the course of episodes, Matt use humor to deflect any insecurities <laughs> that he has. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I can't handle it. <laughs> Clearly, you've just deflected it twice. <laughs> anyway, this is just to say, I did think, actually, we were watching our church service this morning in the sermon. And I can't remember specifically what triggered this thought, but just the the significance. And this is, I feel somewhat cheesy, but grat of gratitude of the things that we get to do and experience. And even when I thought about pastoring, I thought today, what a remarkable thing that these people allow you into their lives, allow you to speak to them and speak with them and share life with you. So many of them give money that allow you to do that work. It's really a remarkable thing. And that did help me reframe in the moment from, oh my goodness, I have this massive to-do list and work and everything, in fact, can so quickly just become about 
how do I get the next thing done? And then you go to sleep and then you wake up and do it again. But gratitude, I think, and just kind of marveling at the realities of these things helps me. That's a really rambling take, but I think you get the idea. You're just hearing me wrestling with the intersection of all these things and how to do them well when there's more than you could possibly do at once. Rachel, what's your take? You're doing a good job. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Well, I'm just going to pile on to that. Oh, man. Okay. So someone made a comment to Matt in a conversation this week about they were a listener of the podcast. And they mentioned, you know, as you have a kid and buy a house and all these things, like, how are you thinking about how that forms him and, like, the intentionality of not just running the suburban rat race? And I just kept kind of coming back to that this week. And then, so I wasn't going to bring it up on the podcast. And then someone this morning was talking about it as well. At church, we were talking about we've been buying fridges or looking at fridges. We're not buying multiple fridges. but (laughs) We've been looking at buying a fridge for the house. And it's caused quite a lot of stress and disagreements or just trying to work out how to fit a fridge in a space that isn't very big. And... So we were talking about fridges today at church with some people and someone said, yeah, it gets really hard when you buy a house, especially to not get caught up and not necessarily keeping up with the Joneses, like outpacing your neighbors because, I mean, no one's coming into our house right now. But even just this ideal version of you're like, yeah, you just you have more money all of a sudden and you're like, oh, I could do this and this. Do we have more money? It feels like buying a house means we have less money. Well, we now have less money (laughs) after we've wired money to (laughs) lots of people but you just like get that taste of like oh okay something nicer and then like where as five years ago our condo we're living in now would have felt decadent and now we're like on to the next thing and now Mm. the house feels decadent but i'm sure in five years we'll be like oh i wish we had this this and this and it's just especially as a parent yeah we're forming our kid and we are his primary formers for so long and so i just want to keep that question i think a little closer to me these next couple months these Mm. next couple years as we make decisions and yeah as we even just have attitudes about yeah gratitude i think what you're saying is very true like, okay, is Oliver just going to see us complaining about buying a house or is he going to see us being grateful that we can have a house mm-hmm. <laughs> and recognizing the support and, you know, all the privilege we have in that? And so I just want to, yeah, just have that question be a little closer as we reflect on things and make decisions. And, yeah, it's not something to be taken lightly, all the privilege that we have in having just support and a village of people around us and raising a kid and buying a house, all of it. And so just want to be more mindful, I think, than I have been about my attitude and our just daily life, how we do things. I don't know. What do you think? It's a hard thing. I think it's always hangs over you or can and should in some ways. Not in necessarily a judgy way, because I think that then leads to you not doing anything about it. Yeah. 
No, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, there's certainly the parenting and there's the formative aspects for him. There's also every choice we make is forming us in some ways. And buying a house is a particular kind of experience. It also means buying a bunch of other things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which, you know, for everything, buying anything in a way that is ethical and sort of wholehearted is incredibly challenging in our world. And I think all of us kind of just close our eyes to all kinds of pieces of the things we buy and a lot of that i think is out of necessity if you ever want to purchase anything there is no perfect kingdom of god which is exporting goods for you to purchase right everything almost everything is probably tainted at some point by some form of exploitation and but i do think some of it is about awareness right so this conversation is a really important piece of it and then not letting up it's not one-time awareness Uh, i don't think not letting up means sort of flogging yourself with kind of constantly but it does mean i think like you said constantly raising this question how can we engage with uh, the things that we have more imaginatively how can we sort of how can we steward i mean we're going to have a place right so how do we steward that space in such a way we are going to have a little bit of land by a little bit i mean literally a backyard but that's still like what does it mean to invest in garden beds in a way that is restorative for that ground and not just leaching minerals out of it or something for the sake of a rose bush right so i think there are questions we can certainly be asking but they kind of impact every part of what you do when you start asking and you have to be ready i think for that so yeah our furniture said i mean there is something to be said about beauty and cultivating that in your home and in these spaces in which you exist Mm -hmm. and so it's not to deny that but yeah i just want to have that be more of a lens than I've probably been letting it be these past couple months and we've just been like surviving and that's not really an excuse because a lot of people don't even have that choice to not have that be a lens and so yeah yeah it's good conversations to have this anonymous listener who we won't out was very worried about sending a mailbag asking some of these questions because they thought that they would seem rather pompous which here's the point we can hear a challenge, I like to think. Yeah, I mean, that's our friends should challenge us. That's the beauty of community, right? People come to you and say, have you thought about this? And you say either, yes, I have, or you say, oh, not lately. Thanks for bringing it up. So, And I probably would have said not lately. And yeah. so I'm grateful for, yeah, multiple people in our lives this week kind of reminding us of that call. Well, that took a real turn for the positive. Let's end there. Shall we? We shall. Okay. What what was the thing we did next time? Till next week. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that's your Tim Steak. <laughs>